Twinkle Twinkle Movie Boys riding all your rubber toys. <laughs> I brought it back. You did. You found a winner. I, I brought it back, yeah. I I was inspired uh, because the movie we're watching today features Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, that famous pop song. Um <laughs> The Prince from the from the eighteenth century in the eighteenth century. <laughs> um, rest in peace, uh, you, you you purple sweetheart. Um, sucks that you went. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean that quite sincerely. Uh, twenty sixteen was bad for that. Yeah, it was. Twenty seventeen was terrible for a lot of everything a lot else. of other reasons yeah my wife and i were having this conversation the other day over like which year was worse right like 2016 felt more tragic mm-hmm. because it was just a non-stop assault of minor tragedies all along the way leading up to like a really major it, tragedy it was a sad year it right. was a, it was a sad yeah it was a it was a sorrowful year but 2017 um, might have been more damaging. I mean, 17, I think what pushed that over is, you know, Puerto Rico and oh the fucking, you know, the 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 other weather disasters uh, because there are too many weird weather things to name now going on. Um, but a lot of that... Che- Harvey! Uh, it was Hurricane Harvey was, yes. was the big one in Texas, if I recall correctly. And then there was another one that hit... Um, so sorry, I can't remember. This is a really heavy... It was Maria in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Does yeah, that sound right? Yeah. This is a heavy and sad way to start to, uh, to die. 2018! It's new beginnings, right. everybody! Well, and, and they do those... They do. They classify those storms alphabetically. And it wasn't oh, a whole he, lot of time between Harvey and Maria. Right? Continuing with it. Okay. S- sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's just <laughs> blowing my mind a little I know. bit. Because, you know, we yeah. had to have, like... Five or six, however many incidents, and it was like a month span. Yeah, it's 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 twenty eighteen. So, so the weather. Yes, that's right. This is this is the year everything changes. This is the year we turn a corner. This is we turn a corner into a dark alley and get mugged. So who the hell's gonna die this year? (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. Uh, what a. I mean, I mean, we're talking about. Dead Space downfall today. Itself. Also a bit of a downer start to the year. (laughs) Yes, honestly. That, oh God, that's not the first, oh my God, that's the first movie I've watched this year. Oh, that's rough. I don't hold majestic amounts of stock in the passing of the years, but for fun, I like to, you know, at the beginning and end of the year, I, I, you know, I buy into it a bit. Um, so in January, you know, this being January the 2nd, it is important to me that, oh fuck, that's the first movie I watched. It set the tone. Um, yeah. I mean, the last movie I watched in 2017 was The Lion King, so I think I'm okay. I think I sort of balanced it. But I don't oh think God. I've ever seen The Lion King in English. What? Yeah. I, I watched it in high school in my Spanish class yeah. El Rey de Leon and I don't think I've seen it since oh. like, I've seen clips I know the story but I've never seen it spoken in English 
the first time I saw it was on a pirated VHS tape. Um, I was a child, so I wasn't the criminal. Don't get on my ass about it. You wouldn't steal a car. Um, <laughs> that, but, but I didn't steal The Lion King. I, I, was, I watched it as an innocent babling. Um, you know. And we, we had a legally purchased copy of Jim Henson's The Labyrinth, so we paid our dues to society. Um, we, we were honest up to a point. Um, my mother lied to get more welfare, but we, they weren't giving us money because it was the late 80s and early 90s. Oh, so, you know, Thatcher. Thatcher. Yeah. It was Thatcher's Britain. You had to, you had to lie. You mm-hmm. had to, you had to spin a yarn just to, just to get, just to rub two slices of bread together without butter. And that, and then that just reinforces the narrative that all of these people who are on welfare are liars and trying to take advantage of the system. I mean, it's quite a vicious honestly, cycle. I, uh, God damn, I was poor growing up. Um, not the poorest. I don't want to, you know, say that I didn't have my breaks, but oh, yeah. You're making up for it now. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and buying the toys I couldn't have as a child, like exactly. some overgrown infant. I heard I bought, you bought a barcode ballot. I was about to say, yeah, as a birthday treat to myself, um, because when I get chemically altered for have a good time in my life, I make nostalgic. And problem purchases. Purchases mm-hmm. that are a problem for me. Um, like, I didn't need that many finger puppets. Like, little monster wiggly finger puppets. Right. But because I was in a certain frame of mind and nostalgic and remembered having a couple of them, you know, getting them in the arcades in Norwich mm-hmm. and Great Yarmouth at the beach... I thought, oh yeah, let me get a fuckload of wiggly finger puppets, which I then later, because I had no cause to use them, tossed at Alex and said, here's a present for you from me. (laughs) And then began a habit of buying weird, pointless, cheap crap wherever I went and giving it to her as a gift that she wouldn't appreciate. Like, you know, here's some slime that you stick your fingers in, it makes a fart noise, enjoy that. There's a fun <laughs> gift. Life with me is exciting. It's like ducktails and woo-woo. Um, <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, Barcode Battler purchased for me because my brother had a Barcode Battler and, you know, it, ours was a family where if your brother had one, you'd get a go on it. Sure. So what I remember most, I, I very rarely remember us ever scanning barcodes with it. Um, I mostly remember reading through the book that came with it. This is why I made sure to buy myself a mink-sealed one, which Mm -hmm. I will ruin by opening up, um, because I want the book, because it had pictures of the monsters in it. Because you wouldn't get pictures on the Barcode Battler, because this was like... It was all just stats on a little LCD screen, right? Yeah, utterly rudimentary shit. Um, but the leaflet had, or the booklet had monsters in it, and I would read it, and it would stoke my imagination. Um, and that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to scan one or two barcodes, chuck it down, and then just read the little book. 
Um, but but I'm excited about it. It was a little birthday present from me to me. Um, I mean, so... and maybe we ought to explain what this thing is for yes. people who don't understand. It's basically like before Pokemon. Yes. You had this. It was a little device. It's like it, it's like a gun, right, with a little button and a scan. Is that sort right? Sort of. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks console-ish. Like mm. it was sold next to your, you know, Game Boys and your Sega uh, Game Gears, um, which was a bad move because it was a huge commercial flop um, when they first tried it in the U.S. Cause it, it, was, it failed in the U.S. I don't know how successful it was in the U.K. I now I remember when I remember hearing stories about it uh, just being crazy popular in Japan to the point where there was like a specific brand of ramen that happened yeah. to produce a particularly powerful monster. And there were runs being performed on stores. You know, like yeah. you couldn't find it anywhere. Well, it was actually a little difficult to pinpoint the exact barcode battler I wanted uh, because it was so much more ubiquitous in Japan uh, that on eBay, there was just a bunch of stuff I didn't recognize because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know anything about the Barco Battler outside of the fact that we had one as a kid. Um, I don't know how popular they were. I did I did some Wikipedia-ing on it when I was, again, getting nostalgic and, and I looked it up. Um, and they only really talk about what a flop it was outside of Japan. Um and then they they sort of relaunched it. They they because there was a Barco Battler two in Japan, and then they launched that around the world again, just as Barco Battler, um, without the two. Um, and that's the one I wanted was the the UK version of that. So that's mm. what I I picked up. Um, but what what pushed me over the edge, and I'm so sorry I've forgotten your name. Um, like I said, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to remember a lot of things when I was talking to you, but. Uh, someone on Twitter did, said that they recently got one and that there's a whole online community now with uh, scannable barcodes that you can print out that have some of the really powerful monsters and stuff. And I was like, well, that's really cool. And I want to I want to sort of take advantage of that as an interesting way that the internet has updated the experience of this old thing that I had in fuck. God, it must have been like 1989, 91. Actually, mm-hmm. I think the, the the relaunched one was like 91, 92. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was this... We didn't even properly explain what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but it's a thing that you, you would scan a barcode, and from the information on the barcode, it would generate a monster that you could then use to battle other players. Yes, Um the battling of the players, I'm still unsure of, of, of how how true that was. Because, yeah. again, reading up on it, and, and obviously we never knew anyone else with a barcode battler, um, there's, there's really only talk of the single, what they call the single player mode, which suggests, the way it's written suggests there was multiplayer, but it, it's just vague. So mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm looking forward again to getting one for myself and, and reading through it. And, and I'm sure there are people in the comments who know a lot more about this. Um, oh, I'm sure. But again, I don't know how prevalent it was because it was. Uh, I picked it up for forty bucks, and that's including conversions from getting it in the UK. Um, 
you, you don't see many, but even when you do see them, they're dirt cheap. Uh, so I, that suggests to me that they're not highly valued. Um, well, just it makes perfect sense to me that there is a a community of dedicated barcode battlers because the internet doesn't let anything fucking die now. That's true. Yes. Um, so so yeah yeah I'm interested in that but but yeah the general idea was you'd swipe these barcodes you'd get different kinds of stats out of them and in the single player mode you'd get stats I think on one side stats on the other and. There was a loop in the third game fight. in Japan that used the barcode battler. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the barcode battler in Japan had a port. The, the port was actually still included in the the Western release, but it didn't do anything. But there's a port on the back of the, I think, the original barcode battler that can it's plug the barcode into battler too. Yeah, you can plug into the Famicom, uh, and there were certain games that would work with it. Um, and I even believe, um, if I recall correctly from the other night browsing, I saw a, a Mario theme. Like it was a it was a card with a barcode on it, and it, and it had Mario stuff on it. Uh, so like Nintendo was like had some sort of involvement with with the barcode battler shit in Japan. Well, this is but you outside know outside of that, not so much. And then you know, fifteen years later, they introduced the e-reader and tried yeah. again. Yeah. Everything comes back around. There's no escape. Everything does. But I'm looking forward to playing with the Barcode Battler for two minutes and then forgetting about it. Um, just like when I had my Raspberry Pi and was like, ah, ha, 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 this will, sh- this will show them not making the SNES Classic available. Uh, that justifies what I'm doing. And then didn't really use it. Because <laughs> you don't appreciate things if you could just access them. Yeah. Which is why, you know, the the unfathomably rich are so fucking miserable and complain on Twitter all day long. And that's why I try to own nothing. <laughs> because then that's, I can appreciate it. That's probably the happiest way to be. And <laughs> y- you know what? You, would, you, Conrad, would be happiest, I reckon. Now, hear me out. If you had, like, a red bandana around your neck, uh-huh. no clothes at all, Right. And ran around on all fours around America helping people out. I mean, you've just described my dream scenario. I mean, honestly, it, <laughs> I, I can't think of a better use of your time. Sadly, neither can I. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, right. Um, speaking of, of tragic Christ. wastes of time. Yeah. I was expecting to use the intro to talk about Dead Space. And we still one of my favorite game series of all time and my unique experiences with dead space downfall um and and my introduction to the dead space universe via it um so wait this was your introduction to the dead space universe yes uh, as a unique as a uh, but there's a unique twist to that um so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna count this as intro one (laughs) and if i remember and don't forget (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> plonk in the little piano thing now and then we're going to do intro 2 which is the fucking us on topic <laughs> um, it's think of it as a bonus yeah everything prior to this was just like bonus material and bonus now we'll actually start time. a show yeah you know what here we go dun 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 
Welcome to the spin-off Doctors. Yeah, we're not doing we're... Movie Boys anymore. Yeah, yeah, we've given up on the Movie Boys thing. Um, Conrad, what do you think about horses? It's horses every time. That's the new conceit. <laughs> oh, um, it's... okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been a big horse person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there's something about the the stress. Uh, of my inner thighs being, you know, spread out that far while riding Oof. a horse. Mm. Uh, that's deeply uncomfortable. I'm always, like, paranoid of a groin pull. Yeah, well, you're, you're not the black swan. I'm not. It's um, true. You, you just don't got that that, that leg um, movement, uh, the range. You haven't got the range, darling, uh, <laughs> is, is the issue there. Um, do you remember Dale North? Uh, of former, course I remember Dale North. Former editor-in-chief of Destructoid at Large. And I don't know why I said, why I called it that. Oh. Um, whatever. Well, and uh, now now a uh, uh, composer for uh, video games. Yes, now video game composer, uh, Dale North. Um, one of the things I remember most vividly about him, um, apart from the fact that he his general annoyance at things that did annoy him was so specific and incisive that they delighted me. Um, But that's actually related because one of the targets of his derision were horses, um, which he listed in like a list of top five things he hated once uh, in the staff chat when we were, when Distracted had sort of a staff chat room for coordination. Uh, It's in the uh, list of top five things he'd get rid of um, because of, he just hated the way they looked and what a waste of time they were. <laughs> uh, no, never mind that they sort of, you know, changed the face yeah. of the world. <laughs> I just love the idea of being that indignant at a horse because you just think that it looks, the way it looks is useless and does nobody any good. Fuck it. Um, we don't need them anymore. Yeah, Get we're done with that. We got cars. Um, <laughs> Obsolete. Um, you know what else we're done with? What else are we done with? Dead space. Dead space. Right. Back onto that. Um, Dead space. One of my favorite uh, new IPs of the last generation, of the seventh generation. Mine too. Um, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, if I recall correctly, you reviewed it um, back when we were working together at Destructoid. I think that. Oh, I yeah, right. I think that's probably. If I, I actually, I, I now. I have in the past, like, oh, did I review that and gone back and checked? And then I made, like, the critical error of reading the review. Oh, ooh. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> reading my old reviews. They're terrible. Yeah, exactly. My, my, uh, and, and, and I, so I didn't do that in this instance, but I'm sure my review was hacky shit. Um, <laughs> I think but... he gave it an 8 out of 10. I'm just pulling this from memory. Oh, um, that's, that's probably the case. I mean, I really did really love that game. Um, and, and it was something that I was interested in from Go, because I can remember the first exposure I had to Dead Space was the, it was a Game Informer cover, uh, story mm-hmm. about how Electronic Arts was gonna take this risk, this, it was a big risk for them, they perceived it as a big risk, because they were gonna pump a whole bunch of money into a horror game, and this was at a time when horror games were definitely on the downswing. Uh, that, you know, it was, it, it, Resident Evil 4 had just hit and inspired more interest in it, in that genre, 
but it had been struggling and uh dead space was going to be a fresh big deal that they from the beginning of them talking about it, it was always set up to be a a big multimedia franchise that they, they were going to pump all of this money and effort into a horror franchise which seemed so strange yeah yeah well they had this this, this, this idea that it was going to be a, a cross-media sensation. Uh, they they aimed s- s- far too high. Far too high for the series. Um, for, a series which, oddly enough, I didn't care for. When I first played Dead Space, I didn't care much for it. Um, mm-hmm. I played it uh, I played it on the Xbox 360 originally. and and Well, I played it at a preview event first and quite liked it. Then I played it at release and didn't like it at all and then came back to it later on pc right up close and personal with it and fell in love with it and then from there just became obsessed with the game and the lore and the series uh, and everything um but my first exposure to it as i as i said earlier my first exposure to it was this movie many years ago um i think 2007 maybe maybe 2006 um, when I went to a preview event in London uh, at a movie theater somewhere, and what's interesting is I'm one I'm one of what must be a handful of people in the world, and it's not a great honor. It's it's dubious. Um, I'm one of the few people in the world to have seen Dead Space Downfall in a movie theater because uh, it never got a theatrical release, but it was shown in a movie theater for this preview event that not even that many people were at. But I did get to see the hugely expensive-looking, full-body Isaac rig that they had made that someone was wearing to promote the game there. Uh, And the underwear that we were all given that had Dead Space written on it, because get it, you'll shit your pants. Um, And yeah, they played Dead Space Downfall at this movie theatre for us and made us watch that and bored us to tears with it. And then we played the game in the dark and, and that, which you know obviously heightened everything and made it a lot scarier. Uh, and, and it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was an all right promising game that I wouldn't really fall in love with till I revisited it later. Mm-hmm. But oddly that my, my first exposure to it was this movie, which is not, a, it's, a, it's unfit for purpose is what this movie is. Yeah. It doesn't represent the game um, because it's a lot of shooting and a lot more like aliens. Um, re- whereas, I mean, there is obviously shooting and in, in that in Dead Space, that's the combat, but it's in Dead Space, in the gameplay, it's methodical, precise shooting, uh, not loads of Marines like in Aliens, just with gunfire everywhere. So it doesn't really represent the gameplay very well. Um, no. Canonically, it's inconsistent. Yes. Uh, as as you, I'm sure you will be pointing out in the summary. Um, what else is wrong with it? It gives away several of the necromorph variants that appear in the game. I should say variants, which is species. Um, necromorphs that appear in the game that therefore spoil... Uh, what are supposed to be scary surprises in the game. So if you watch this as a prequel to Dead Space, it gives the game away in certain respects. Well, I mean, I think that the the movie, such as it is, 
uh, I mean, it, there's no reason to watch it if you're not already a Dead Space fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. Uh, I, I can't imagine somebody just stumbling upon it and saying, oh, this seems interesting. Yeah. The only purpose it serves is that whenever I play Dead Space, the two or three bits that, spe- that, that, that reference Downfall, I always remember, oh, that's from Downfall. Um, just because, again, I saw the movie first... And I was at a preview event where they hammered home how interwoven things were. So there's a little bit of Electronic Arts' indoctrination still latently in my brain mm-hmm. um, that, that ties the video game to the movie, when in reality it's so shallow and surface level. Um, the only major connection between the two is that Dr. Klein is a major character in both the video game and the movie. Mm-hmm. But other th- you don't need the movie to know to, to, to care about anything that happens in the game. And I think you need the game in order to give any shit at all about the movie. Yes, that is absolutely true. Um, yeah. As someone who, and again, probably one of the few people who ever watched Dead Space Downfall before playing the game. Uh that experience just... does nothing for you. Yeah. It's outside of the fact that it's so, you know, dead spacey that you need to be a fan to glean anything out of it, if at all. And um, it's dead not space, well made either. Dead Space, the game is, especially that, like, the, the first game's story is not, oh my god, that's amazing, right? It's, no. it, it follows pretty standard horror beats. Um, well, like it, a like like a lot of my favorite horror movies, it's not about the quality of the story or the writing. It's the you know the the horror, the right. the monsters, the it's like, the tension what, build mm-hmm. that it does so effectively. And, and for it, me, what I loved was just the very concept of the necromorph, like the this twist almost on zombies, in that it's not you know infect infecting. The living and turning them into the dead. It's this. It's taking the dead and reanimating yeah, them. Using this thing that drives forms. it, that drives the living to kill each other to provide bodies for this ongoing thing. It was this twist on aliens mixed with 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 zombie lore and a little event horizon with the mindfuck stuff and then you um, add the 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 lore in the background with the the church of unitology yes. and the uh the whole transhumanist angle of them wanting to evolve to a higher state and, and I didn't realize this we were talking about beforehand um I didn't realize that Warren Ellis, who is one of my favorite comic writers, uh, is responsible for Transmetropolitan and the criminally underrated and short-lived Doctor Sleepless. Which, if if you're into comics, uh, go hunt that down. Really interesting stuff in there. Um, this falls right into his milieu. Like it is, mm-hmm. it's a perfect fit for him. And I can't believe I didn't see it sooner. Uh, it. <coughs> It's a interesting, fascinating world with a well-executed story within it. One well-executed story within it, uh, mm. being the original Dead Space. I, I not super chuffed about Dead Space Two. I no. didn't even bother with Three. I 
I very much love Dead Space 2 as well. Um, it was a very different game. And there were elements of it that, that I felt could have been done better. But I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, Dead Space 3 I played. And I still maintain um, that it was a great game. Uh, that was held back from being excellent. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people would disagree and would say it was a bad game. Um, but... To me, it was. It still had a lot of, a lot of things to enjoy. It was just clearly not a a, a dead space game. It was not a game that you would want as someone who loved Dead Space One and Two. Well, and that um, and that was a the point or at especially which especially someone who loved the first one. I think that was a point at which EA was, you know, we had now shifted away from, uh, we we're starting the major shift away from the DLC model for extra monetization, which the original Dead Space was, I mean, one of the early offenders, I think. Yes, right with that. the launch day DLC. Overpriced stuff. I mean, like I've, I've said before, like I've got no problem with downloadable content as a concept, but... If you give, if, if you're charging me five bucks for costumes, oh yeah, yeah, fuck off. Well, um, and then they had the exclusive console for exclusive costume for each console. Yeah, yeah, uh, they they started getting, and then then there were this was the era of exclu- retailer exclu- exclusive pre order bonuses, yep. which still happens a bit here and there, but not as much as it was back then in the last generation. But then you get to Dead Space Three, and that game in a lot of ways represents sort of the the tip of the spear of the uh microtransaction uh ex- it was thing again experience one of today. the early adopters of that that, yeah. that practice not the first but among the mm-hmm. part of the creep it's like ma- mass effect noticing it all mass effect is another one in around that time um one of their sequels started doing yeah it yeah electronic arts is is just like you know always in the vanguard in embracing the newest and shittiest way to to just fuck with a a trusted customer producer relationship you know do you do you lament the death of dead space as a franchise i, I lament i lament the death of what dead space could have been after Dead Space 3 happened. Mm-hmm. Um, after Dead Space 3 came out and with some of the shit it pulled with the storyline and just clearly the, the direction EA wanted to take it in, I'm sort of glad it's over. Yeah. And I would rather, as I've said before, just see the former Visceral staff move on and do a spiritual successor. Um, like that's something I'd be helping to crowdfund in a heartbeat. Um, so I look, I lament, I lament the idea that you know there's a parallel universe somewhere, say, just for the sake of argument, where there was a fork in the road where Dead Space could have continued along the path that Dead Space One had had started, yeah, and could have developed into this continued dark horror-focused story with an expanding universe and lore. I lament that, but that's something that was never going to happen. Right. So I don't so much, you know, lament 
what it turned into dying. Um, yeah, but I'm... I do. Th- I just think overall the series was fucked from the start, and Electronic Arts from the very beginning, even with that first game, had been setting unrealistic standards for it, and yeah. were overspending on it. Uh, and and honestly, it didn't have a chance in hell. No, um, I mean, well, everyone. I don't want to say everyone, but I mean, it, it. It's not like it wasn't a crazy idea to try and make a sci-fi horror franchise that big. I mean, those are two sort of specific niches, and yeah. um, and and you know, and then when you put them together, it gets even more sort of narrow your your audience field, and uh, I I love it. I love that first game. It the atmosphere and the way that it, it uses sound to increase the tension. It is a game where I respect its application of the jump scare mm-hmm. because it earns it. You know, it has, it has just spent five minutes making me freaked out that at any moment something could happen so that yes. when it does, it feels satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's hard to do. Like, I've, I've often said, like, people shit all over jump scares mostly because the majority of them are shit right but a well-crafted jump scare takes effort and time and patience on the part of the creator um to to make sure you know when to fire if at all with with that build towards one and there's a real craftsmanship there that i think doesn't get respect because yeah. too many games just think, you know, we'll throw a scary face up at the camera and go, ah! Uh, and you're right, right. Uh, Dead Space absolutely is a game that earns its jump scares. Uh, when that game has something leap out at you, it's effective because they built tension. Like, it's the tension is baked so deeply into that game. Oh, it's I mean, it's palpable, and and like I keep going back to the sound because that that sound direction is to me just it is the key to this whole thing. That ship creaks and rocks. I, I actually mm. I just went and grabbed Dead Space on Steam uh, yeah. for five bucks and installed it and and played around with it for an hour. You know, I paused the movie as I was watching. I was like, wow, this <laughs> is some really boring shit. I'm gonna go play some Dead Space <laughs> and remind myself <laughs> why I'm doing this. Uh, and and it is. It's just it, all of a sudden there will be a a creaky noise that just drops out of nowhere, and you're like, ah. Um, now, in fairness, I, I think looking back and, and playing it again, I I did much more easily notice the violin indicator that yeah. oh, there's actually an enemy in the room. Yeah. The yeah. There's a little bit of what I call paranormal activity in going on, mm-hmm. um, where some of the some of the surprising scares are undermined by the fact that a spooky noise happens to let you know that something's happening. But it's so full of spooky noises all the time that yes. it, you can get lost in that shuffle, and and that's something to enjoy. Yeah, it yeah. It, it it the sound design is so good that it can often mask that effectively enough. Yeah. Uh, so the when that body jumps up and starts just flailing wildly at you, um, which is another thing I love again, just the enemy design is some remains some of the freakiest shit outside of a pure survival horror game or and a the persona way they're game. Animated, 
and and just mm-hmm. like crazed beasts, you know? It's not like uh the zombie where it's arms out in front of you, in front of it, you know, chasing you or something like that. It it's limbs everywhere. Yes. And and and, and- the way the animations change depending on, you know, the bits of it you shoot off, because this isn't, a, you know, just aim for the head and they're dead. You can shoot a Necromorph's head off and it will still come for you. Right. But it'll change its whole pattern of attack and animation. You shoot a Necromorph's head off, it can't see you. But it, well, I mean, it can still, it still knows where you are. And, but it can't precisely see you. So it's go, heading in your general direction and it's moved from sort of more fluidly attacking you to just standing upright with its big spiky arms outstretched just stabbing stabbing towards you in the hopes it'll hit you mm-hmm. um or you know you take its legs off and it just adapts and then just starts scrabbling towards you on its hands uh just amazing enemy design that had a this diversity to the way they reacted to you um and and also just diversity in design like some of the the later species that pop up are the the lurker the the dead babies oh yeah yeah they are just are the, oh god they are they they remain one of the most kind of horrifying video game monsters i've ever seen because mm-hmm. uh, and they're so small and they're ugly as fuck, and they're quick, mm-hmm. and and they don't go down super easy either, just because they're no. small. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, you got to wait for the opportunity for them to, you know, uh, flash those tentacles out, right? Um, which is a risk because that's their attack, uh, so they're going to be firing shit at you while you're trying to fire shit at them and not take a hit. Like they, oh god, those things. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and effect so effectively introduced in the video game that again watching the movie that just blows them, yeah. Um, it it, you know, it wastes blows the spot with them. Yeah, yeah. It, it wastes those creatures. Yes, um, and and the fact that it's not very well animated, it's poorly drawn. If yeah, you want. If I'm it, gonna be brutal it's, about it, it's poorly drawn, and how poorly drawn it is only draws greater attention to the computer-generated environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh which, yeah, yeah. Which are fine for relatively inexpensive computer animation studio work. They're all right, but it's it doesn't feel like those two elements fit together particularly well throughout most yeah. of it well i mean it takes a great deal of skill to ever make that work right. i mean you know i look at something like archer um mm-hmm. pulls it off and makes it look beautiful but even then even in something like archer where they do it um with with you know as as well as it could be done it's still a little jarring sometimes to see it. But there's a, a visual consistency in Archer in yes. that the the characters are not ultra detailed and therefore the environments are not ultra detailed. Indeed. But you put it to this right. and where you don't have the, you know, what they have. And obviously there's, you know, Archer is a much later creation sure. where they have access to a lot better stuff. But it just didn't work for this. Um, and then it it's only worsened by the fact that the you know the animated the the non computer stuff is just badly drawn. I think um, 
The neck is simplistic, uh, lacking in detail. The necromorphs have done a complete disservice. The art, the whole art direction is, it doesn't represent dead space. Uh, yeah. Nothing looks as memorable and iconic, proper iconic, not Ubisoft iconic. Um, you know, from the, the the unique shape of the marker, which doubles as the unitology symbol, to um, you know the Ishimura, the the, the I, I, if I, it's been a long time since I played the first one, but I think the ship was the Ishimura. That's correct. Um, I say a long time since I played the first one. I watched the movie an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's how memorable the fucking movie is. I can only remember Klein's name now. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, it was about art direction. Yeah, the 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 environment looks. It, it doesn't have any of that atmosphere, any of that tension, any of that strong visual design that evoked, again, that feeling of aliens and Event Horizon and some of these classic sci-fi horror movies. It has the same uh, kind of pacing. But that... Yeah. Kind of, the, the pacing of a good, uh, you know, um, empty ship horror uh, film or, or whatever, what have you... You also have to introduce... That's the point where you introduce tension, you know? There's lots yes. of downtime where you introduce the idea that these people are under threat all the time. This and fails no, to do that. There's no... Well, there's no tension in this film. It's uh, it's long periods of nothing and then some monsters. And there's no real build or come down. It's just, well, here's this scene, here's this scene, here's this scene. That's, it, it, it's just bland. It's just going through the motions and telling this story that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and as I say, the the necromorphs don't look as good. The the backgrounds, the, the, the Ishimura looks like crap. Uh, it looks like a, you know, a bad anime. I don't mean that to insult anime. I say, you know, a bad anime, because when anime can be bad, it's fucking bad looking, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I got, and I got it's got briefly. that sort of vibe to it, this sort of, you know, cheaply outsourced animation studio, you know. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. I think that that's the, it's the production. I'm trying to remember the name of some of these famous, there, there was a whole bunch of famous studios that, the, would get outsourced in different countries that would uh, be used by some famous cartoons. Like uh, the, the, the Batman cartoon from the nineties had a couple of episodes outsourced to various uh, studios in, um, I think Japan um, and some other countries. And some of them were so bad that they never worked with those companies again, <laughs> because the off model is the name of the, 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 the term for it mm -hmm. uh, when when they're outsourced and come back looking wrong um and that's what it is it looks like it looks like there could have if there was a dead space cartoon tv series this is what it would Downfall look like yeah looks like it was an off model cartoon that they'd it was a filler episode they couldn't be bothered to have their top animation team on it they needed to save some money so they shipped it off somewhere you know, sent it to some animators in Australia or wherever and got it back. You know, some small little startup studio that was, their business was churning out cheap shit and got back this off-model episode of characters that didn't look like they were supposed to. 
Um, yeah, that that was that's the best way of describing how this looks and f- feels. Yeah, because even though off model is sort of specifically visual, everything about this film is off model. Well, yeah, this everything. Yes, this is all inconsistent with Dead Space as we understand it. Yeah, well, as we said before we started, it feels like the uh, the team that worked on the movie and the team that worked on the game and the team that worked on the novels and the team that worked on the comic books were all very distinct departments and didn't like talking very much. Yeah. Yeah, they, there was no communication, I think. It yeah. doesn't seem like there was communication I mean, between these different groups. maybe not the novels. I don't want to throw in the novels there because I, I only read a bit of one and from what I've heard, they were quite good, I think, so I won't throw them in. Although that, they did arrive at a time where a lot of books were getting novel tie-ins. That's something that doesn't happen so much these days anymore. Um, I've still got the Elder Scrolls one somewhere. It was terrible. Just a little tangent from me there. <laughs> yeah, I... I We're never doing the Elder Scrolls novel. I can't remember the last time I read a novel based on a video game, but there was this period right around the mm-hmm. tail end of the decade where they were everywhere. There were Halo books aplenty, and I don't know, maybe some of that still goes on, and it's just not talked about as much, yeah. and so I don't I know. Wanted, I wanted to like try and sincerely write a serious Sam one. Yeah, and then just hand it off to um, was it Devolver? Devolver has it, yeah. yeah. And just be like, "Here, do you want to publish this?" Um, either that you want to publish my fan fiction one. of Serious yeah. Sam, and turn it into a real novel. Um, just because I'm that entitled that I think I can pass off my fanfic as an actual novel. Well, it worked for um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, I mean, yeah, if Fifty Shades can do it, Jim Fucking Sterling's son can do it. I mean, I've accidentally turned what was supposed to be a like a three minute sketch for the Jimquisition into a several shows long at least wrestling mini career by accident. I should be able to get the rights to publish a serious Sam novel and have it be canon. God damn it! If whoever if if whoever wrote the Silent Hill comics could get away with that, which by the way, this year we're going to do that. We're going to delve into comics for the first time and do the Silent Hill ones. But anyway, uh, this is all very off the point. (laughs) The point is, is that Dead Space Downfall misses the complete fucking point. Well, that's what we're illustrating by completely missing the point of this conversation. It's very clever what we've done. We went meta with it. For the past 45 minutes. (laughs) Well, should we get into what this thing is? Yeah, thankfully the movie's an hour and change long and nothing much happens, so it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, Let's get on with that. We open with a message from Alyssa Vincent, security chief of the Ishimura... Ishimura? Ishimura. 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 I think think that's how they say it in the games. The the games again, because the movie was... I swear I watched it. (laughs) <laughs> I fucking had, I spent money and rented it off Amazon fucking Prime, even though I've got the DVD. Um, Do you I'm have that a DVD lazy. drive in your computer? Like you could have just put the disc into a tray, but you still spent money on it. I I tell you what, it to, in in my defense, finding it would have taken forever. I, I'm just I'm um, just saying you are you are so well demonstrating the case against piracy fears. Uh, 
Honestly, I am. It, I am the the embodiment of if you can provide a service quicker than Nick in it, I will pay. Because you um, literally had it and still paid for it again. <laughs> <laughs> we call that, like, the definition of fucking privilege. <laughs> that I can just think, oh, fuck it, I'll just buy it over there. Fucking red of Amazon, That's that's the sound I make when I'm being fat and decadent. Um, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Does the beginning of this movie count to you? Because I was wondering this. I was wondering where you draw it. Does this belong in the same camp as a lot of the other movies we've had? where we always point out that they start with a voiceover that explains everything? Or is it more just that sort of classic apocalyptic log sort of intro? Uh, Well, this is, for one, this is delightfully brief. It is pretty short, yeah. Um, They don't, it doesn't, it doesn't harp in. It is a character, it's done in context. And that's the thing I think that separates it. Uh, yes, from your yes. standard voiceover, because you know we're we're being presented with the character doing the thing. She is she is sending the warning. Um, so I feel that that yeah, I, I I give them a little more credit than than perhaps uh, your traditional voiceover. I mean, it's still a gimmick intended to sort of set the tone and introduce. Yeah, it's still concepts. a very old fashioned sort of thing. I just wondered if it belonged in that same sort of. We should point out that it's. Uh, or if it gets enough credit to get by on it. But I will say, I don't think it's necessary. It did stand necessary. out to me as a little... Yeah, it stood out to me as a little bit, oh, they're trying to be, you know... Ooh. They're going to do that bring it back they around thing. Yeah, we're yeah. starting at the aftermath. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it is. Uh, in this message, she informs us that the ship encountered an, area, an alien life form. I'm having difficulty talking today. I'm sorry about that. Uh, an alien life form has taken over the crew's bodies and basically wiped out the mining colony on a, on a planet called Aegis 7. And, and then we cut to the planet's surface. And it gives us a year, but I don't think it gives us... I can't remember if it gives us uh, X days before or anything like that. Mm. And the passage of time in general in this, especially this early sequence, is kind of tough to figure out what they're doing like time just sort of jumps quickly because it's hard to imagine that these events would happen so immediately as to occur within a day's time as the film might lead you to feel because of how fast it jumps well i still got it open on my browser so i'm watching it silently while you talk um, and I can tell you exactly whether it says anything about the dates. Planet Aegis 7 Cygnus system, it just said. And then it scans down to the planet. And it doesn't look anything near as... Ah, deep Space Mining Colony Aegis 7. Uh-huh. Didn't need... You could have just told us that immediately. Right, yeah. Uh, and not told us the other one. We didn't need that subtitle. Um, the people walking... Yeah. Oh God, the animation is so bad. It's fucking terrible. It's so bad. Even on us, I just saw this, and it's still remarkable how awful it is. They're all wearing like the the again what I would consider properly iconic rigs Mm -hmm. from Dead Space. But they're poorly designed. 
Yeah, they don't look anywhere near as unique or interesting in this. They're just brown and uniform, monotone looking, and they're smooth. Oddly they look, shaped. They look more gangly. Technologically, like they look like they were designed more by Apple than yes. the original traditional rig was, which was kind of not not clunky. Uh, the rig looked too clunky and it looked like heavy. something a miner would wear. It was something designed yes. to be practical, not something to be stylish. Yeah. Well, again, this sort of lends it that. Uh, where it's like a almost Western artistry. I don't, and I, don't, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it is Western artists who did this. I cannot be. Fucked. Oh no! I can. I'm absolutely certain that this is a, a Western visual style. Like it. I. But feel, it's like I Western feel like they wanting want to... to be a bit animated. Right. That's and that's what I was saying too. And I got into a conversation with uh, someone on Twitter about this last night, and that you know they're like, I don't see the anime influence. And I was like, it's cheap as fuck. And and if for no other reason, that's <laughs> that's how you know I what? see it. I'm not even seeing the year come up now. <coughs> I must have missed it, or or it comes up at a weird. I mean, it's point. it's the 26th century, um, which we know from other media. But of course, you know, I guess yeah. we're not. But whatever. I I, I don't want to look at this film. It's upsetting me. I've closed it. <laughs> but but on the planet's surface, there's a group of people in these rigs, uh, following a signal through a crater where they discover signs of antique mining equipment having been used despite this planet having been previously unexplored. So clearly there was someone here before. Yeah. And this, uh, this is the third time I've watched this movie. I watched it voluntarily again once before. Wow. You With have a poor migraine. judgment sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but this is supposed, this scene here is supposed to set up the idea that, you know, because they're at at the heart of Dead Space, is it's it's not really about the unitology religion or the convergence or any of that. It's mankind trying to find a better power source, right? Yeah, that's really what this is. And they found this marker, and then they made copies of it and put them all over the galaxy. And this is supposed to be the first indication of that nefarious plot. Um. The indi- you know, the, the signs that this mining equipment that hasn't been used in like 150 years, I think they specifically say, um, was a- applied here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they find this marker. They send footage of it to Earth. Um, and then some casual mentions of unitology are brought up without any sort of context or explanation. No. And then the USS Ishimura is sent to – I'm sorry, the USG – Ishimura is sent to retrieve it. Uh, on board, Vincent, uh, this security officer that we were introduced to in the opening clip, uh, is looking at security reports detailing violence on the colony when she gets called to the bridge. And then we cut back to the and colony. And I like to think that, that when they were making this film, they were like, um, when they do the live action version of this movie... She's going to be totally played by Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, I can see totally. that. Totally. I can see that. Yeah, that would be my dream casting for this movie. I really think we're going to get there. This is going to be a cross-media success. And That's that's the exact conversation I think happened. That, that actually probably is, probably is true. Well, and the cast in this, it's also worth noting there is... 
almost nobody you would recognize by name. Uh, no. Almost. No. Uh, I mean, in that regard, you know, when I when I often talk about how fucked Dead Space was and what how much they overinvested in its marketing and everything. In in what in the one bit of defense I could bring up for EA, ain't much was spent on this. No. Not, Not much, much was spent, was spent on, on this. this 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 arm of the cross media titan that was Dead Space. But but oddly, like Phil Lamar wasn't cast to do anything in it. He winds up in everything. No Phil Lamar in here. No uh, Phil Lamar. No. We do get Bruce Boxleitner though, which is kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You may recall him from uh, Tron. So there you go. Well, there's a fact for you. Yeah. The only guy I recognize was the guy who... And I, I, he played Tron. He was the Tron. Yeah. So... So yeah. Tron is in this. Tron's if, in this. If, yep. If you if you want to get your Tron on, uh, don't watch this because it's not worth it. No. Although it is about as exciting as Tron. <laughs> it's got the pacing down. Uh, so... Vincent is uh, called to the bridge, and then we cut back to the colony. There's a lot of, like, back and forth in the, the early minutes of this between the two areas. And, again, this it confuses the progression of time a bit. Uh, but on the colony, a, a couple of miners are reflecting on the nature of life in the universe or something. And somehow that conversation leaps to talking about the marker and how batshit crazy everybody on the colony has been since it was discovered, uh, like, a week prior. Uh, it, it gets mentioned. Now, one of them, Barrow, who is the, the guy played by Bruce Boxleitner, is married to uh, one of the three people who discovered the marker. She's a, a, an anthropologist. And uh, um, he's that's just a, like a, a detail that gets brought up. It, it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> uh the, the miners then secure gravity tethers because w- the way mine, spa- deep space mining works in this world, uh, the technology that they've developed, they, they basically put these lasers to the surface th- and, and cut out chunks of a planet and pull it away to mine from the inside. It doesn't seem like super practical. But maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, so, But they're setting tethers up to do this on the planet and, and get their mining on. Uh, back on the Ishimura, the chief medical officer, Kine, also wonders about the marker, which has been now moved upon the ship. And yeah. Vincent... Oh, my God. Did I... I accidentally called him fucking Kleiner earlier, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. You just you just let me I did. dangle on that I one. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I just sort of figured maybe no one will notice. Yeah. I can't. If I if I realize I've made a mistake, I have to draw massive amounts of attention to it. Like I. Oh, is that is that is that why you bought the gimp mask? Yes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Kleiner's the one from Half Life, isn't he? Isn't that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm actually more familiar with it Dead might. Space than I am with Half Life. So. <laughs> Um, uh, but kind, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 th- I have been making that mistake for years. Like often when I've talked about Dead Space, I'll say Kleiner instead. Um, 
just because it sounds well it's a sci-fi more... doctor yeah yeah uh you wanna you wanna say Kleiner. <laughs> so uh vincent the security chief again uh, just to remind you i probably won't repeat that again just remember she's in charge of security she arrives on the bridge and protests the arrival of the marker on the ship to the captain uh matthias who i'm not going to say his name again i'm just going to call him the captain here but he does have a name uh she believes that this is having this has had some kind of effect on the colonists uh, the captain disagrees he dismisses the violence below as space madness uh, which, you know, makes sense. You spend two and a half years living on a rock in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, you'd go a little crazy. I mean, just a tiny bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I spent a little period um, where I didn't want to socialize with people for just a little bit, you know, um, just for a period of my life. And I, I started to think that uh, the water tank in my house was going to crash through my ceiling and crush me to death. Um it's not healthy to be on your own for, a, for too long, I'll right. tell you that much. So it's not an, it's not an unreasonable explanation. Um, she salutes him with her middle finger. But I'm not sure if this is intended to be like an act of insubordination or if it's just how we salute each other in the 26th century. She, you know, she puts her hand up to her forehead as if she were doing a salute, but she only has the middle finger extended when she does it. <laughs> and I might just start saluting people that way. Yeah. Why not? Uh, you just say you learned it from the hit movie Dead Space Downfall. It's what all it's what all the kids are doing. It's what we're doing in the future. You know, get with yes. the program. Current year argument. Exactly. Uh. A section of the planet is pulled away from the rest for easy space mining, and then we're whisked away to sickbay, where some totally random dude we have no connection to is kind of losing his shit, saying that things are coming for their bodies, and uh, he's resisting the effects of sedatives. Uh, Kine notes that this guy was totally fine a couple of weeks ago, but snapped and killed two of his fellow miners, and orders some tests before watching some more corpses being carried off to the morgue. Uh, there sure are a whole lot of corpses in that there morgue. I hope that's mm. not significant to our plot later. <laughs> As the mining operation continues, the Ishimura is hit with waves of electro electromagnetic energy that seem to disrupt its systems, particularly the communications systems and the ship is no longer able to maintain a connection with the colony. As Barrow, uh, this, uh, the, the guy from the surface, the miner guy, is uh, watching this static sea transmission from the Ishimura, uh, his co-worker, who's in his little shuttle with him, starts hallucinating the captain, turning into a monster, and then gets into an argument over how planetary mining might be creating an imbalance in the universe, um, which Barrow dismisses as, you know, unitology nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to to give the, the movie a little credit there, like, they do, they do weave the unitology in just enough to yeah. where I do remember being interested in what that meant for the game. Yeah, the well, I think the whole unitology thing is really interesting, and it's it's yeah. 
it's applied pretty heavily. Yeah, I mean, how much of that can we really attribute to the movie itself? Like, they're drawing off lore that was built by Visceral in that, well, what was E.A. Redwood Shaw's at the time in that regard. Oh, certainly. But but they put enough of it in here uh, that it does, you get the sense, okay, this is a really important facet of this world. Um, which is, it, it is. And it's also among the more interesting facets of this world that this, you know, religion sprang up around this thing that is ultimately a lie in a lot of ways. Um, there's, there's meat to that and, and I appreciate it. Uh, it doesn't save this by any stretch, but they, they weave enough of it in here that it's, it's a, a central premise. It's, it's a core concept, but it's not all, it's also not burdensome. I guess uh, that's the one thing I can really say in the favor of this film is that they do the unitology stuff just about enough. Uh, let's see. So they uh, Barrow lands at the colony with his co-worker and they observe that, hey, uh, pretty much everyone's gone here. And there's all sorts of weird gunk all over the walls. So Barrow leaves to go find his wife and his co-worker then literally just disappears. <laughs> like... Barrow walks off and leaves the other guy in the frame, and then the area of the frame that the guy is standing in goes dark for, like, half a second, and then he's gone. Yeah. No scream, no noise, no... He's just gone. And... Okay. Kind of non... I don't know, it doesn't heighten the tension, I think, in the no, way No, that... I mean, that's the big problem with a lot of this film. Again, it's just... It's not... It, it's never trying to build tension or tell anything interesting or tell a, a, a really... It's not even bothered in telling much of a coherent story. It's just a sequence of events. Yeah. Um, it's just a bunch of stuff happening before the game so they could say they have a prequel movie. <laughs> so Barrow passes loads of corpses along the way and... You know, gets freaked out, starts running to his wife's office where she's been performing research on the marker. And uh, he doesn't find her immediately, but then she appears uh, walking barefoot on broken glass before making the comments, hey, they want our bodies. So there's a running theme here, I guess, of bodies being desirable. And then she slits her throat with some kind of energy pickaxe. Yeah, yeah, like one of those... I guess it harks to the idea of the plasma cutter in the games. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's a mining it's, it's tool. A it seems like a mining tool. Yeah, which, futuristic mining tool. That's, yeah, lasers. all right, fine. I, I, the, the mining laser, the, the, the plasma mining laser from Dead Space is just such an amazing weapon. And, oh, yes. And I don't, I don't understand why it is entirely absent from this. And again, like where we we want to talk about the game being unfit for purpose, um, yeah, like like the big combat sequences in this film are just more reminiscent of of aliens the, than the, than what you get with the methodical limb chopping in 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 the you know they make I think they make mention of how much they have to you know tear up a body to kill it yeah well but later it's not a methodical thing they just riddle everything with bullets until it blasts apart yeah they, they do later like in the second half of the film they they come they, they figure out that the dismemberment thing is the case but yeah. again it, like i they abandoned 
the iconic, proper iconic, not Ubisoft iconic, mm-hmm. weapon of the, the game. Because the move is unfit for purpose, Conrad. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, 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 it's just, a... why, why do that when you could just have lots of shooting and screaming? It's just a, a utterly baffling creative decision. Yeah. Uh, well, I ironically it, it echoes. I, I don't know if ironic's the proper word. Sorry, but uh, um, it does echo what Dead Space Three would become, mm-hmm. where the plasma cutter ends up being dissolved uh, and and back like forced into the background by this ludicrous weapon crafting system, where it's like you know make some. Super duper electric machine gun, make this mind lobbing thing. Um, pay us money, pay us money, have a gun, have a gun. Okay, so out of resources, pay us money, have a gun. I think one uh, of the that's... things I love about the original Dead Space so much is yeah. how practical and utilitarian that plasma cutter is. There is, in my opinion, no necessity or reason to use any other weapon in the whole thing and i don't i when i play it i just know you the game upgrade the plasma cutter that. entirely and it and it is shocking how with just the plasma cutter alone the game doesn't like get weary get boring Mm-mm. it it's still always interesting and satisfying and fun and more fun and satisfying that. to me than any other of the weapons so, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm the sort of guy when I play these games, I find the thing I like, and that's the mm-hmm. only thing I use. And even if I discover, you know, or find new things down the road or, or whatever, new weapons and stuff like that, I have a tendency to just stick with what I know works. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I can be like that. It, it, it actually caused me a lot of um, criticism when I first posted a Just Cause video once mm-hmm. um, because I was playing it wrong. Because I was playing it like a functional video game <laughs> and not going out of my way to do wacky shit because I was just playing the game. Um, but apparently that's not the point of Just Cause. And I have since learned that and have since learned that, you know, the idea is to go out of your way to do inconvenient things rather than just get a, a working gun and shoot people. That sure does sound uh, like a lot of fun. Which gets it done fun. quicker. Um, I'm being, you know... Uh, overly facetious of course but uh you know i i did apparently play just cause wrong because i played it you played it straight that way yeah i yeah i played it straight um because like you i can be somewhat you know i'll, I'll find what works and do it um which works for multiplayer games and i try and be a bit more especially if i'm doing something for review purposes i'll try and oh yeah yeah that's ex- the thing. And, and try the range of weaponry yeah um and there are in some instances uh there are some weapons i like to switch out with in dead space um if the little crawly fuckers are coming the little tiny things that mm. uh glom onto you and, and cover you um i'll i like to whack out that you know a rapid firer for those um, and I like sometimes using the flamethrower. It's not practical. It's just fun. Yeah. It's it, it just lets you feel like Ripley for a minute. Um, but for the most part, yeah, the methodical piecemeal. And th- there's something of a truth in that to uh, with Resident Evil 4 as well, mm-hmm. where a lot of the... In there, it's still 
very useful to have a variety of weapons. But the game is still at its best when it's regular enemies and you've got a handgun. Yeah. And you're just taking, you know, shooting them in the leg to stumble them and kick them or trying to take out their heads or shooting axes out of their hands. Um, but again, like, none of the joy of that is communicated in this film whatsoever. No. On the Ishimura, the connection with the colony is reestablished, and they take a look at security feeds, only to discover that everybody dead, or at least about to be. Vincent wants to take a team to the surface, but the, cop, the, the captain opts instead to have it quarantined. And meanwhile, on the surface, Barrow's taken his wife to his shuttle, and he's blasting off from the planet, but not before some leathery-winged alien thingy slips inside. These the things, infector. The infectors creep me the fuck out. They're horrid, aren't they? When I first saw one of those, like, because it's not just—I mean, them on their own are, are horrific. Um, they're like—I mean, if they're like mantas. Try and imagine a a manta ray crossed with a face hugger, crossed with like you know a mosquito. Yeah. Uh, but made out of a torso with flesh stretched between broken legged limbs to create this sort of horrible fleshy wingspan. Um, and, and on top of that, when they infect, you know, when they take a dead body and envelop it and transform it into a necromorph, just that process is so horrible to look at. And in the game, well, not mean, in the film. I don't think the, that that particular action in the film is handled better than most of the analogs that you know, most of the comparisons that you'd make. Uh, I don't hate it as much. <laughs> as I mean, that's. Stuff. I mean, well, I mean, but it, I mean, when it happens, in, there. <laughs> when you experience it in the game, you know, in the game is oh my god, yeah, and and you and and at the, like the first time you see it, you're like, oh god, that's horrifying. But the worst thing is that every subsequent time you see it, you know what it means, <laughs> and it, it manages yeah. to remain as horrifying on that basis. Uh, yeah, which I, I mean, again, it's I like love. it's why I love the the necromorphs so much. The whole concept of them, again, until the the third one sort of rendered them a little bit. Uh, it took a lot of the horror away from them um, for revealing just a bit too much about things. Yeah, but for those first two games, just this whole concept of this thing drives, uh, you know, every human to want to kill themselves or others and then these things come in and turn the dead bodies into monsters it's such that a, whole process there's it's so, that extra mm. step that gives it the flavor yes yeah it's not just you know all the walking dead it's it's something darker than that it's and like just the idea that in the games later when there's like just crawly flesh on the walls. It's the idea that just even the dead skin in the air now mm -hmm. is becoming part of the necromorph infection and just sticking to the walls. Um, shit the humans molt and never think about. Like, it's just so... Just layers and layers of horror. None of that's in the film! No. No, not so much. The bridge crew of the Ishimura watches in horror as they get reports of the slaughter on the surface and... 
uh, Kryn and the uh, captain get into an argument about what's due, specifically in regard to the marker. Kryn wants to contact the Unitologist Church to get help, but the captain refuses because they're not even supposed to be on this planet. What? What? Then why are they there? I think someone um, who was writing the movie just watched uh, Clerks that day and wanted to make a <laughs> I'm glad you said that because when I was writing that at the synopsis, I had the same thought. Uh, the captain's also concerned about the crew who he's afraid will mutiny uh, and, and, and again what? like there's no they don't really provide an explanation as to why the captain has that fear and because the movie is a sequence of events and they, they talk about how oh well like a third of the crew and most of the officers are unitologists okay but what does that mean? <laughs> like, are they going to be like, are they going to be the ones that mutiny because you're leaving the marker behind? I, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I bet I bet I understood this movie better when I first watched it because and again, like, I can't remember much about the preview trip because it was so long ago. You know, we're talking like near possibly over a decade ago now. Yeah, almost. Um, it would be almost a decade. I think it I think, almost a decade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not over. That's silly. Um, but but close to ten fucking years, uh, so I don't remember too much. But I bet they explained a lot of this before they showed the movie. <laughs> they did talk a lot about stuff, so I bet I watched it knowing a bit more about what new unitology was, because that is the only way to really get the film is to having had experience with the lore already. It kills to me because they they could have, ah. Uh... They could have put out a Unitology Bible as a printed book. I would have loved that. I'm a big sucker for any kind of any 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 merch or tie-in thing that is an in-universe thing. That pendant that you see Irons wearing later, I would love that. Mm. The pendant of the marker. I think that's. I bet Amazon sells dozens of those uh, all knockoffs. I hope. I, I I might look into that. Uh, just just because I I still. In spite of all of this, still love Dead Space. Yeah. I bet if you go on Etsy and type Dead Space, mm. I bet there's tons. I hope so. I bet there's some good stuff as well, I bet. Yeah. Uh, that, now, I love Etsy. Now I'm now I'm I'm doing that as soon as we're done. Etsy, very useful if you uh do videos and you need costumes and masks and things. Mm-hmm. Um usually for you know not unreasonable prices. You can get some amazing stuff from Etsy sellers. So Vincent asks the captain if she can take a team to the surface, but the captain refuses this also, saying nobody is going to be allowed to or front from. From. <laughs> but, like, Barrow's coming in on his shuttle, right? Yeah. And so the captain orders the bay doors closed, and Barrow's having none of that shit. Uh smashes his console and he's like rawr, rawr. angry uh and he slips through the closing doors just in time for his now necromorphed wife to attack him from behind uh and and because we're still not really showing the violence uh she just pops up looks creepy and then you know they do the oh she's gonna bite the camera thing yeah and and i'll tell you what Again, to show how this movie is unfit for purpose, 
Um, this whole thing with the necromorph wife thing sort of undermines the storyline Isaac has throughout Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Because there are parallels there. Oh, yeah. That that you, you shouldn't be drawing in a prequel tie-in thing because it just waters down what the game is trying to do. Yes. And, and you know, now you know me. You know that I don't, I take no pleasure in nitpicking mm. these, these, these fine productions. Well, no, because the moment we hit record, we both want to get these out of the way. Right. So we, but we are always duty bound <laughs> to, to nitpick because God help us the things that deserve it. Yeah. Uh, I have now forgotten what I was going to nitpick, though. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, so no it wasn't your fault. I'd forgotten it while I was saying I'm going to nitpick. <laughs> I was just hoping that I would, you would come back to me in time. Oh, God. Uh, well, we were talking about the, the the wife, the necromorph wife. Yeah. And how that undermined oh, Isaac. Oh, okay, yeah, that, re- that reminds me. Yeah, now, uh, in the scenes where they're looking at the, you know, the video feeds of the colony and all the violence going on and they're looking oh, yeah. all horrified and everything... They have this wide-angle shot at one point of a guy fleeing. And then the camera zooms in on the guy fleeing so tight that you can't see the necromorph that kills him, just the claw that does it. Why would they do that? (laughs) That would not be done. (laughs) They would see them. They're going to all of this effort to try and hide the horrible monsters from the people on the ship who would... Totally see them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's it's what it's it's what in a good movie you could you know call the rule of scary, where it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense that they could have easily seen something because it was an effective scare, you know? But it wasn't an effective but scare. That's the thing. Um, in this, it's just they didn't want to show the monsters off yet, yeah. which. Why they weren't worth the wait? Uh, not in this film. Because they think um, they're aliens. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they think they're they're building the tension when no, no, because this is just a sequence of dreary events. But yeah, yeah, rule of scary does not apply because it's not scary. It's not tense. It, and they're not even really at this point. It doesn't feel like the movie even wants to start being scary at any point. Nope. Because it does just turn into. Oh, here are monsters to be shot. It's not it's not even a horror movie. Now that I think about it. No, not it's really. It's just a it's just a product. <laughs> That's it's a fucking product. So uh Barrow's shuttle crashes into the bay and cap the captain sends Vincent to go and quarantine it with security team. Now yeah. Vincent's security team consists of like five people whose names are not worth remembering. So I'm not going to bother. There's there's uh, girl with blue hair. Who, that's the only one I was going to point out. Yeah. Proto Jinx. And her name is yeah. Shen. Uh, I do and she, recall that. And she's badly drawn. Yes, she because, is. And it's notable to, show, to say she's badly drawn because she is the only character that they tried to give this sort of like an outstanding look to right. Um, every and other not outstanding character... as uh, oh, this is a you know what outstanding work. No, it's just that doesn't no, fit anything out. else there. Yeah, and doesn't really fit anything else in any that I know of. Dead Space 
universe style. Not that I'm aware of. You don't of. see anyone in any of the games rocking that style. Um, which, you know, the, the only reason I say that is because that adds to the to how much she stands out in the movie. And she is so badly drawn. <laughs> The yeah, so they draw extra attention to this character, who they also try and build up as sort of the significant stealer of this group. Yeah, like Vincent seems to really care about this character in particular. Yeah, they kind of build this one up to be the secondary, I guess, the Lancer character, and she's so badly drawn though, (laughs) and it's like. They try. They, they they give a. It's not just that the hair's blue. It's like it's shaved in some places and really sort of um, tail like at the front. Uh, you know, it's got a lot of uh, uh, weft, weft to it, but it's so she badly looks, drawn and animated. She looks like she's a clown who's on her off day and didn't do her hair. Yes, that's actually perfect. Yes. Yeah, she just has these two sort of almost pigtail strands of blue hair coming down the sides and one little poke top part on the top. It's like it it looks like if it just really wasn't feeling on that day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, or or uh, you know, like if she did the hair properly and pointed it in all directions, it would be like an aiming reticule right on her head. So. This movie had an aim and practical right in its head. Uh, so, uh, but this team go and check the shuttle, and they find blood, but no bodies again, mm-hmm. and a trail leading out. Now, I do have one. This scene reminded me of the story of my birth, which apparently a, a midwife walked in after twelve hours of labour, and and it was just walking into puddles of blood. Okay. Oh, I love that story. Well, here's what I want to know. is that they, they, they go inside the ship and they establish that if anybody was in the ship and someone had to have been because someone was piloting it, they are no longer in the ship, right? And the ship is painted walls and floor and ceiling with blood. And they, in fact, use a blood trail to determine that someone left. So here is my question. Now that we've sort of established these facts... Shoot, Scoop. How is it they failed to see any blood at the exit to the shuttle leading away <laughs> when they fucking got here? Because the movie thinks it's aliens. Okay. <laughs> Crazy dude in sick bay wakes up and wanders out of bed and into the hall where he sees his reflection in a puddle of blood at his feet. Um, what? There was some really good lightning. That's that's some super reflective blood. Like that's that's impressive. Under the right conditions, <laughs> it could work. <laughs> and then he meanders further into the morgue, where all of the bodies are now being turned into necromorphs by the uh, what are they called? Uh oh, the 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 infectors. Infectors. That's right. I I call them implanters for some reason. Um. And then he gets sort of unceremoniously killed as he turns to the run necromorphs away. that appear in this movie are regular ones, infectors, the lurkers, mm-hmm. and one pregnant. That's just what it's called. Yeah, it's called a pregnant. They call it a pregnant, huh? 
Those, nah. those are the ones that burst out the little sluggy things, right? Yeah, they're big, big, they look like me. The big, round belly, jolly Santa Claus necromorph. And if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, because I didn't get this far in my playthrough that I was I was doing last night, so it's, it's a little true. That was a really smart strategic enemy because you could prevent it from bursting if you yes. did it right. If you were precise in your shots and cut off enough limbs without bursting the stomach, uh, you could leave it as just this. Don't go over and stamp on it when it's done. Right. Um, but you, yeah, you'd leave it as just this, you know, sack of horrible little clingy things that are inside it. I love that. I just, it, I love that there is a a way to approach that strategically. Because it is yeah. way easier to deal with if you don't have to deal with those little fuckers. They are the yeah. Like they, they might not it's, be, and it's uh, it's tough to do though. Like, because again, as part of the the design, it's got two oversized um, scythe-like arms coming out of its top. They're easy to pop off. It's got its head that's sunk into its body somewhat that you can get off, but it's a little bit of a risk. And then if it's still about, um, or, or, you know, if you can take a shot at them, uh, the legs are kind of somewhat obscured by parts of the stomach. Yeah. So it's, they're really tough to get a shot on. So it's, it, it's a, it's a really interesting enemy design. Um, in the movie, it just shows up and kills someone. Yeah. Yeah. I think it appears twice in the movie. I mean, it does do the bursty thing at one point. But, yeah. So the captain, pretty stressed and sweaty, gets word that the dock has been secured, but now they've lost contact with the colony again. Mm-hmm. So the captain sends Kryn to check on the artifact while musing that this whole thing is probably a test of their faith. Um, highly religious people should not be in command positions. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, when Kryn <laughs> gets to where the marker is held... He finds a whole bunch... Fun fact! Hmm? The first D&D game I ever played, um, they, uh... I won't spoil the magic by by saying, um... Who they... Oh, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) First D&D game? Yeah, another player character. Um, their their character was called Kryn. Ah. As a mage. Hmm. All right. Did yeah. they do anything significant? Um, eventually became the big bad in another campaign we played. Well, that's always fun when you get a, a yeah. character to come back. I like that. Yeah. So, Crin uh, gets to where the marker is held, and he finds a whole bunch of the unitologist crew are crowded around wanting to get a look at it. Uh, and this is creating a bit of tension between them and some non-unitologist security forces that are guarding it. Uh, one of the largest of these unitologists, an engineer named Irons, steps forward and asks if he could speak to these unruly crew members, and after one guard takes the time to be an incredible dick to him. <laughs> like, he puts his gun right up against the guy's chest and threatens to kill him. It's the kind of dickery where you think the guy who woke up like, like, the guy woke up that day thinking, I'm going to be a dick today. Yeah. Cause you like, really it's not something you just do. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, uh, again, to give this movie 
whatever little scraps of credit that it is owed, um, owed that it, that it could be due to it. Um, this character uh, is decently done. Yeah, Irons is well. I think he's the most visually well drawn of the characters yeah, in this. Yeah. And... Well, he's not like a. They they you didn't they didn't try and make him all fluid and lanky like everyone else. Like he's uh, kind of a. a Thicker character, yeah, he's he's um, brick. which fits the art style or lack thereof a bit better. Yeah, and he, when he's not, and, and besides being just like he's stout and and he has a presence as a result of that that none yeah. of the other characters have. Um, he's he is sort of the the quiet, uh, gentle giant figure, um, mm. which yeah, always always a nice little trope to see. And again, yeah, no, not not a super original character. No. Nothing in this movie is, but uh, but a high he, point. Out of all of the stuff they, yeah, out of all the stuff they just crib from other movies and, and established uh, stereotypes and archetypes, uh, he's the best done. Yeah. So he pacifies the group of uh, unitologists, saying that you know we should be setting the example and following the orders of the captain. Um, he then he then tries to go and say, "Hey, so since I got rid of all those guys, you're gonna let me see it? <laughs> it doesn't fly." Uh, but he respectfully walks away, and and Kryn continue, uh, continues to do his investigation of it. And as he's looking at the marker, he sees a necromorph hanging out in a vent above it for just a second, and gets a little freaked out. Uh, the security team continues to follow the blood trail from the shuttle. And they find themselves in the morgue, but all the bodies are gone, except for the crazy guy from earlier who has been eviscerated uh, and necromorphed, but still laying there still. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's it's I mean, this is done in the game, obviously. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, like they they I, I i wasn't sure where you were going with it like no, they love to do this said, i mean they love the... to do this in the game where there will be a prone seemingly dead necromorph that you walk by and it jumps up and gets you when you get the close necromorphs are pranksters right no yeah they it, just it's why in the time. game yeah it's why in the game like you end up just the moment you enter a room you stamp into dog kibble like the everything yeah every corpse you see yep just squashing it into, which is believable with the real rigs in the game because they look so heavy and clunky with the big metal feet. Yep. You believe he's got the weight um, and sort of power afforded by the rig to smash uh, decaying flesh into juice. And again, the movie, they don't look like that. No. No, they're, they're so bad. So this light and unfit frail. And, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rigs more like figs because who gives one about them? But the, the, in this movie, I, I think the thing about this sort of this particular pro necromorph that I find so um, not good, or at least uh, inconsistent with Dead Space, is that they're fucking digging around in his intestines, and he's just laying there. <laughs> I, I, I maybe it felt good. <laughs> Uh, so Vincent calls the captain to give a status update, but as she's in the midst of doing that, the crazy guy gets up and, and chews on the throat of the guy who was digging around his intestines. I don't know, maybe that's his vengeance. Uh, and then he gets to attack a second, uh, person before he shot, like, 150 times. 
Yeah. And I'm not I, an unreasonable amount of time, an unprofessional amount of times for trained security pro- professionals. This I I don't want to make it sound like I'm exaggerating when I say 150 times because I slowed down the video to half <laughs> speed. Did you count all of them? So that I could count them. <laughs> Was it exactly 150? No, 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 no. It's I'm I'm no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm estimating at about 150 because you can you know calculate the number of bullet sound you know uh, firings you can hear with the four people that are doing it and sort of estimate that's yeah I mean it's well over a hundred rounds but probably not right. as many as 200. And again, because you know this move is unfit for purpose. Um, this would never happen you... in the in the in the games. Yeah, well, spending that much ammunition in Dead Space. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, if you were playing this to prepare you for the game, this movie is giving you strategies that are... All the worst advice. ...death warrant. <laughs> uh, Vincent then reports to the captain, and Kryn also tries again to warn the captain of the likely connection between the necromorphs and the marker but again is disregarded. And then now this is this is here we're about to hit another high point for this. In the showers, a man is running from a necromorph, his love chub swinging showers. wildly as he flees. He's got a little pedo. I know. They, the they, penis is exposed for our pleasure. They, they drew it in there. I was like, wow. So this is where your attention to detail went. <laughs> the whole animation budget went on that. Uh, he is, of course, killed and turned into a necromorph while a woman hiding in a locker watches. Uh, she's soon discovered, and she, too, tries to flee, only to be stabbed through the abdomen and pulled back into the locker room. This entire scene is unnecessary. None and it's of not this exciting or thrilling or scary. The it's shower just... is never returned to by any characters. It's not a necessary location. These are not necessary characters. It is. I, I'm convinced that the entire purpose for the presence of this scene is so we can see that dingle. <laughs> That's why it's there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's filler. Oh yeah, I bet it. I bet it's a filler. It's filler, <laughs> penis. Yes, yes. Wonderful. We have made the finest joke of the year, twenty eighteen. <laughs> the bridge crew gets notification that more people are dying in the mess hall because now remember everybody's connected to this system with the rigs that monitors who's alive and who's flatlined. Yes. And so they're just watching people die. Uh. From a distance. And how kind of alienating and, like, disassociative must that be? Like, I mean, how... how? Never mind how alienating, how aliens must that be <laughs> to have someone looking on a computer monitor as people blink out and die? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking film. I feel like I've seen that somewhere before. Uh, Vincent's ordered to intervene in the mess hall, uh, so her security team arrives to find a shit ton of necromorphs eating dead people. Wait, what? What? They're not zombies. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They, they, this, this movie establishes quite firmly that the necromorphs are zombies that eat the, the, the living. 
and eat their brains, and they say brains. Like, this is like, th- I mean, this runs so counter to the goals of the hive mind because they're just going to wind up destroying bodies by doing this. Bodies that the hive mind wants to make more necromorphs. Yeah, but they're eating it in here because it's the metal. God, I hope you're, I hope you're not right about that, but I suspect you probably are. <laughs> At this point, though, it's a bloody mess hole, let me tell Hey-o. you. <laughs> Boy, the jokes are just coming fast and furious today. But not too fast, too furious, I'm which trying... is a much better film. Oh, yes. Um, I'm trying to remember if I've ever in the game seen a necromorph eat a dead body. I don't... Not that I'm a, I can recall. I'm trying to remember... Um, I mean, I think most of the Isaac deaths are... Um, you die, they stab you, and then they walk away. Yeah, they're, they're, there's some beheadings, there's some gruesome shit. Uh, there's no consumption, I don't think. The closest, I think, is uh, when the weird body parts can get you and replace your own head with a necromorph, like, basically take over your body and control it like a puppet. Um, but I don't think there's consumption... I think there's, you know, there are necromorphs that are made up of multiple bodies. Maybe they think they're explaining that, well, but I would have thought that was a different process. Yeah, and well, it's, you know, extra parts always seem to show up in the necromorphs anyway. Well, of course, yeah, the bones yeah, they, extend and twist. And they got the, and the little, they got the little T Rex hands in their midsections. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know, it's weird and in seemingly inconsistent again. Uh, so the uh, security team opens fire on this horde of necromorphs, which, uh, again, I, I do want to point out that, like, you remember it took you over a hundred bullets to, to take the one out. Maybe you should reevaluate this strategy before attacking what's probably at least a dozen. That's just me, though. What what the fuck do I know? Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, Engineer Irons shows up and starts cleaving the fuckers with a laser chainsaw, which, again, where is this coming from? (laughs) Where was my laser chainsaw in the game? Yeah! That's what I want to know. And and that's not mine. A laser chainsaw would be logging equipment, not mining equipment. Fuck yeah, it would. Yeah, you'd want it like a, a like a laser drill, right? Yeah, like a like a laser pneumatic drill or something like that would still work. But again, um, you know, not to belabor the point, but this movie is just things that happen. You don't say. Huh. <laughs> One of the team wants to run, uh, but Vincent declares it's a vi- fight or die situation. I think it's Shen. That's like we're getting the fuck out of here. Um, and where are you gonna go? Like, where, where are you going to go? You're, you're here. Uh, space. The safety of space. Vincent. Oh, yes, because there's there nothing safer than open space. Well, yeah. Well, name me one natural predator. Name me it. Time. I, I, that's not a predator. That's not got teeth. That's what a predator is. I got teeth. I've, I've seen planet Earth too. No, 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 no. The, pre- the predator has the thing that turns him invisible and uh, the nuclear bomb. Oh, God, you wouldn't see him in space. Fuck no. I don't want to go out there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
Vincent orders her team to go get laser chainsaws from wherever Iron's got his. Uh, it's also worth noting that maybe that's why we don't get them in the game because they took they them took all, them all. These horrible, like... useless characters that we don't care but about. But they look like the plasma cutter in their design. Mm-hmm. Like they they made them look like the plasma cutter. Did they just because of canon? How'd they get it? Did they get it wrong, <laughs> or were they trying to introduce something cool and different, like the laser pickaxe that never appears fucking anywhere either? I don't know. And these are the questions that are, like, going to keep me up at night. Yeah. So the captain... They won't keep me up at night because, again, the moment this is... Oh, yeah, you're never going to think about this again. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's forgotten. And I really do think I will... Yeah, even though this is the third time I've seen it, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. That that seems like a wise choice. Yeah. Uh, The captain tries to contain the outbreak by isolating affected parts of the ship... And you know, there's another Dead Space animated movie. There is aftermath. Aftermath. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but got to do that at some point. The captain's more determined than ever to get the marker to Earth now. And Kryn is so not down with this, thinking that bringing the thing likely caused this whole, you know, problem on the ship, and then and then and bringing it to Earth is probably a bad idea. Just seems like a. That seems like a wise call on on. His part. Yeah, right? Uh, the captain just, like, blows his top at this. Uh, Angry about and, it. And, really not happy. And he orders that Kryn be taken into custody, but all of the other officers who have just been sort of watching the captain's rather rapid descent into madness over the course of the last hour. <laughs> very passively. Yeah. Very passive about the whole situation. I guess they, you know, you, know, you don't want to speak out against your boss. If Maybe it was, like, almost raised time. So it was like, just keep your head down. Well, and, and, and you don't want to, you know, like discriminate based on his, his faith. I mean, he's obviously a deeply religious person and maybe you don't understand all of that, you know, but, but you have to respect it because it's a, you know, an important part of their life. Right now, there are several comments who are quoting what you just said there and quoting also what you said earlier in this podcast <laughs> as if, um, you know, one is uh, is necessarily sincere. in total opposition as if, as if to the other. Both things you said were sincere. <laughs> <laughs> um, now the, the the captain orders that Kryn be taken into custody at this in, in sense of insubordination that he's detected. But the other officers just say fuck that. Like this has crossed the line now. It's the straw that 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 broke the uh, whatever's back. And and so they they restrain him instead and ask Kryn to administer a sedative, which, you know, he's just carried around with him. The doctor just carries syringes with sedatives in them. Because he's got it right there. Just pulls it right out of his pocket. Real handy. How often is he administering sedatives to people? He's carrying this around the <laughs> ship. Well, here's the thing. When he was heading to the bridge, he was like... Oh, wait, let me pop back to the office first because I'm go- I've am i got a scene coming up where I need to have a syringe. So instead of us coming up with a reason for us to, you know, bring the captain to where medical supplies are, I'm going to save the movie time. This is the character thinking this. I'm going to save the movie and the audience, heaven forbid, some time and bring the syringe. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you, you know, because... That was a very long-winded and uh, not as funny as I thought it was going to be uh, way of saying he's got the syringe because the movie needs him right. to have a syringe. Yes. 
Um, I just didn't want to say that again because I say that about this every single movie. I think it comes up <laughs> just about. Uh, there is a struggle during which the syringe is shoved into the captain's eye uh, and then yes. piercing his brain and killing him. And it, again, as part of EA's indoctrination, when I play Dead Space, I think about Downfall because they play the audio of this event. Uh, and the captain is in the morgue in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe with the syringe still in his eye. Yeah. And it's it's uh, Dead Space 1 that has the the late game drill in the eye scene, right? Uh, Dead Space Two oh, has the, the needle two? going in the eyeball. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh man, that that is that was that was a ew. yeah. They they really Especially executed you do on it that yourself. Like very, uh, that's a nice little bit of proper squeamy horror. Yeah, it it really gave me the the heebies. Uh, Anyway, uh, so now everyone's all upset that the the captain has been killed and they, you know, turn to like, you know, or, you know they're like, oh, arrest Crin. And he's like, well, no, it was probably an accident. And then they just, they're, they're, they they can't really address it because an alarm immediately sounds indicating that, oh, all the escape pods are firing off into space without any passengers in them now. Yeah. It's almost as if, it's almost as if. It's almost as if, uh, go on. It's almost it's almost as if the struggle with the captain and the syringe in the eye uh, happened just to give the game something to link back to for the film. Hmm. It's almost as if it was happening just for the sake of the crossover and thus was very quickly dropped in the movie so that we could uh, not worry about it and not have to bother writing any fallout for well, it. And it's, it's, so we could just have it in the movie, well, it's, it's, in, in the game. It's equally important that Kryn not be in a brig somewhere because he's central to the plot resolution here. Yes. So we need to show him, you know, doing the eyeball thing. And, and it works in the game because, you know, all, all shit's broken loose. Right. Uh, anything could have happened. It adds to the sort of mystery and, and or should add to the mystery and horror of the game's atmosphere. That, but here oh, we're shown the events. Weirdo struggle. But yeah, here we're shown the events and nakedly exposed is the uh, the crossover, like the, the reasoning for the scene happening because of how quickly they just brush it under the carpet. The security team is trying to work their way back to the bridge, passing through the hydroponics bay, as one of the team members is slowly starting to lose his shit. Uh, of course, there are necromorphs here too, but at least they have laser chainsaws now, so fighting happens. And the guy who was losing his shit completes the process of losing it after getting into uh, fighting with the uh, with the necro baby, as I like the to call lurker. The yes, the lurker, and he turns on the team. Killing uh, Shen, the only visually different character in the group, yeah, uh, goes right down vertically, right down the middle. Uh, might be some of the better art in this. Not saying much. Yeah, the death, the the death, at least, if not better done, is at least visually interesting enough that it kind of makes you stop and look at. A bit, yeah. you know, yeah. rather than just sort of be on autopilot mentally, you just sort of you look up a little bit. Uh, and then he moves to attack Vincent before being shot in the head by the 
only other remaining member of the security team, which now I'll give him his name. His name's Ramirez. It's just easier now. Now that we've eliminated pretty much everybody. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's just Vincent Ramirez and Engineer Irons still on the move. Uh, the second in command is also losing his shit a bit on the bridge, noting that they're all pretty screwed. Uh, the lights go out, and there's a bashing at the door, but it turns out to just be Vincent. She learns of the captain's fate, but really not much of anything else. And suddenly the engines start to lose power, and they discover that Kine has interfered with the ship's systems in order to crash the ship into the planet and end all this shit. Which is a really good idea. And yeah. would have solved a whole lot of problems. But... Vincent has this weird idea that they can save people and they're going to get out of this situation alive. And and I think that that's the that's the important theme at the heart of Dead Space Downfall is that uh optimism and hope will kill you every fucking time. <laughs> uh so she heads off to deal with him. Um, walking with Vincent and Ramirez, Engineer Iron starts suffering from visions uh, and hallucinations and starts uh, rubbing his unitology pendant in response. Again, I want one of those. As the group moves, they hear a group of survivors that are trapped by a large accumulation of necromorphs outside of their barracks. Uh, a vent is found that they can use to rescue them, so Vincent resolves to do this before before going and stopping the guy who's going to kill everybody by plunging the ship into the planet. Mm. Great priority. You know, it was scary how the necromorphs could use vents in the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Anyway. <laughs> the other thing I think is criminally underrated about the game is the, the thing that grabs you and pulls you toward it, like the tentacle thing on the ground. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, yeah, it leads up to a big fight. Yeah, but you got to shoot it to get it to let you go. If I recall. Yeah, that sequence. Right, yeah. The, the, like they do it two, maybe three times. It's good every yeah, time. Yeah, doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, but it's it's just enough. It's really really effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, just enough to keep you paranoid. Yes. So she orders. Uh, Vincent orders Ramirez to create a distraction for the necromorphs while they uh, get all of the other people out. Uh, now, Irons volunteers to do this instead, realizing that he's already losing his mind. Um, two things. One, it's important that, that we know, that we understand, Irons is not a hero. Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. He's just a man. <laughs> but the other thing I would like to note that is probably Damn. not so practical about Vincent's plan is that there's no fucking way Irons is going into a ventilation system. No, no, he's the only character who could have. Right. <laughs> because, you know, he's got not he's, human he proportions. He is but... a large man. Like, no one in the movie has human proportions, but everyone else are like human snakes. Yes. They're like those lizards you see running across the desert. (laughs) (laughs) Or the water ones, the water running lizards. Oh, those are so great. My wife just showed me the the Planet Earth 2 
sequence with the lizard, the iguana running from the snakes. Ah. Oh. oh God, that you can't you can't make a fucking action movie more dramatic than no, that. No, it is epic. I was losing my shit, and I was like, imagine a video game that was doing oh, this, God. like the way they were all slithering out. Well, and the chasing you, and oh. and then they get him at that one point, and I'm thinking, oh shit, well that's over. But they're so tangled up in themselves that he squeaks out and manages to run further. It's like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that first episode especially is what I made, like the whole. The whole se- series is great, but th- that was just, oh. Mm. So uh, the survivors are led out through the vents, uh, including one that... <sighs> There's one sitting in there that's just too petrified to move. And Vincent asks her, do you have a boyfriend? And she says yes. And Vincent says, do you want to see him again? And she says yes. And off they go. And this is supposed to be Nicole Brennan. Like, pretty clearly. It's supposed to be Nicole Brennan. Isaac's yeah. girlfriend, who works on the Ishimura. So that completely destroys that continuity plot thing. Like, entirely, as you'll see here in a second. Unless it was a red herring. So tacky. No, it was not. A, they, were, they were trying to create another link between these. <laughs> Fuck this film. As Irons does the fighting, uh, uh, he gets stabbed through the chest, uh, accepts his fate, and says a, a unitology prayer referring to the necromorphs as holy beings and asks that they alter his flesh. Um, and... The thing I think that's kind of, there is an interesting aspect to this uh, in that the unitology faith, we understand so relatively little about it that it's not clear if he's gone insane because of the marker or his faith. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. I think that that's a really cool element to all of this. Um, they they do uh, oblige him. Um Uh, And that gives Vincent an opportunity to see how this whole transformation thing happens. Not that she has any practical use for this information later. But, okay, she remarks on it. That's cool. Uh, Vincent and Ramirez continue to the the computer core. And Kine, but uh, Kine's locked the door from the inside. So Ramirez fiddles with the lock to fix it while suddenly deciding that now is the time to have a backstory. And talks about how his father thought he was a coward. But he's not really a coward. He just uh, doesn't like confrontation. Fuck you. Uh, With the door open, Ramirez uh, makes the observation that he's also going crazy. And wants to hurt Vincent. So he pushes her through the door before closing it and gets killed off screen. Vincent then confronts Kine. Who's determined not to let the marker return to Earth. Saying unitology is a lie. They, uh, he's having a real crisis of faith thing. They struggle for control of the computer core and, and do some fighting. Uh, Kine is pretty quickly overpowered, but he's locked Vincent out of the computer, and by the time she notices, he's run off down the hall with her laser chainsaw. She tries to contact the bridge to tell them that the ship needs to move away from the planet uh, if it's going to you know, stabilize its orbit, but there's no response there. And then she arrives at the storage bay with the marker and winds up completely surrounded by necromorphs. But 
they are stopped as if by an invisible barrier around the artifact. So, hey, why not take a nap? She awakens to, the hallucina- to a hallucination of Ramirez telling her that, uh, that, that she knows what she has to do and, and sort of indicating a computer panel. So she goes to it and records a, st- a distress call, which is the video. <gasps> yep, that was. So come for Sarah. I know, I know. She explains the fate of the Ishimura uh, and then vents the storage bay, which sends all of the necromorphs into the room er, that are in the room and ultimately herself into open space. And then she drifts right past the Kellyan, which is making its approach to the Ishimura. The Kellyan, of course, being the ship that Isaac's on, which is responding to the distress call from the Ishimura. Boy. Um, okay. This is, this is deep space. Yeah. And if I call 911 right now, it's going to take up 20 minutes to get to my house. It'll take a while. <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing that, that really blows here is the, in, the, in the game, it could have been any amount of time. It could have. Yeah. It, it Here, I mean, I say any amount of time. Like, obviously, they're responding to a distress call. But, you know, you don't know exactly how long has passed. Here, they are saying... Instant. Yes, these like events... They, they arrived to the moment Downfall ended. Yeah. So the moment the Necromorph started, which is not borne out in the game, because in the game it feels throughout like this has been like a long time. And things have been like dead in here. Right. And and I think that the, the, it ruins... I, okay, maybe not ruins, because that, that implies that there was some hope or value or something in this to begin with but the ending would have been completely serviceable and superior if they just had her drift off to space play the twinkle twinkle little star shit and never show that ship arriving at all yeah and that's all it would have taken is to not have that ship there again it was this this desperate um desire to connect the property and, and be clever about it yeah. Gauche, a gauche way of doing it. Yes. Um, I would say. It's just it's tacky the way they so desperately try and bolt it onto the game. And and and, and that's typified so perfectly with that that sequence of uh the the Kellyan ar- arriving instantly. Like that's some Star Wars prequel shit right there. Mm-hmm. The you know, there's no idea that something could have happened over a lengthy period of time. No, it always happens instantly. Everything that that is ever important happened on camera, and you see it. Um, no, no room for you know the the mysteries of what happened in between. There is no in between. It's now, and it's happening, and you've seen everything. And that's Dead and Space that, Downfall. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not even going to ask you what you think about it because we've already I think it's said liberally what we do and it's gone two clear. bloody hours again. Yeah. yeah. For a one hour movie, what have we done? One hour movie. I thought, oh, this will be a nice quick one today. <laughs> it's now, it's it's almost half twelve Fucking now. Fucking fooled you. Fucking lunchtime. Um, what are we doing next time, Jim? 
Far Cry. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Back to the ball pool. Yeah. So soon after the last time, we haven't even detoxed. <laughs> that stays in the blood for up to God three months. Oh, at least. Yeah. But uh, we we we're going back there. So okay, well then, uh, I guess the, uh, yeah, in... the two thousand day Uberball classic Far Cry, and we'll be a Far Cry from help watching that one. Oh, fucking hell! <sighs> and that'll do, won't it? Yeah. Um, thank you all for <laughs> thank you all for listening so much to this podcast that we do. Um, if you want to listen to more of our voices, we do another podcast called Fist Shark Marketing, which you can see at fistshark.com or look up Fist Shark Marketing on your iTunes podcasts uh, or wherever you get your podcasts even. Uh, and you can follow Conrad at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter. Uh, anything else you want to plug? No, I think that's no, it. You're all good I think there? We're good. Okay. Well, that's it. Uh, do check out the Gymquisition shittiest Game of the Year awards 2017. They're out on the channel now. Very, very um, good list you ran oh, down so there. Much. I quite enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Even if I did say that 2K Games published Shadow of War. It's the only thing I'm focused on. Not the 25 minutes of work. I, you know, the, uh, not 25 minutes of work. 25 minutes of content and hours of work. Um, don't focus on that. Just I'm just going to focus on the one mistake I made. That's why I bought that Gimp mask. Um... That'll do. We'll see you in the uh, in a fortnight yep. for for Far Cry. Bye. Bye.